You are listening to the Sideline SaaS Podcast, episode 57, Three Chords and the Truth. In my return to college football, I decided to tackle the new name, image, and likeness policy and find out just how athletes are utilizing opportunities. First, I chat with Marshall offensive lineman Will Ulmer about his passion for country music and how he can now get paid for gigs and play shows under his own name. No more lucky bill for him. Plus, he talks about the Thundering Herd's coaching changes. Later, I am joined by Georgia Southern nose tackle Gavin Adcock, who talks about being a country music singer-songwriter and a barstool athlete. Gavin also breaks down the Eagles' GATA motto. This is a pretty fun episode, but first, some housekeeping stuff. Hey guys, Emily Van Buskirk here. Welcome to the Sideline SaaS Podcast. If this is your first time listening, welcome to the SaaSness. The Sideline SaaS Podcast is generally produced every two weeks just for you, and the show notes can be found on the episode page at Spreaker.com. Make sure you subscribe to the show wherever you listen to podcasts and feel free to rate and review. Let your girl know how she's doing. If you feel like getting social as well as sassy, make sure to follow the show on Instagram and Twitter at Sideline Sass with three S's. Or if you're more like my mom, go ahead and like the show on Facebook. If you like what you hear and you want to see more, check out the website www.sidelinesasswith3ss.com for more sports content. And feel free to follow the SAS on my personal account at Emilnem, E-M-I-L-N-E-M on both Twitter and Instagram. And if you didn't write all that down, I got you. All those links and handles can be found in the show notes. Now let's get sassy with some people. with another episode of the Sideline SaaS Podcast. I'm done with the competitive eating, okay? I went to the hot dog eating contest. I did my time with Joey Chestnut, talked to all the eaters. So we're going to put that chapter behind us. But now I'm going to focus on my favorite thing in the whole world, college football, because we have limited days until the season. And there's something that popped up this offseason that I think we really need to talk about. And I'm going to go ahead and talk to so many different people from different angles. But I'm going to start with the players because this new name, image, and likeness policy is so interesting. And it's one step closer to these athletes having the ability to make money off of their image, which you know that universities and conferences have been doing for years. So... I decided I got to talk to these guys and girls and see how they're taking advantage of this new policy and what has been going on. And the first person literally that came to mind, he actually came across my Twitter feed, was Marshall offensive lineman Will Ulmer. And so I tracked him down immediately and now he's on the podcast. So welcome to the podcast, Will. Well, hey, thanks for having me. (laughs) Uh, Of course. Thank you so much for taking time to come on. I got to start off like from the beginning, what has life been like? You put out this tweet where you're saying, um, and we're going to get into the background of your music, obviously, but you put this tweet out there. I think it was, which day was it that you tweeted it? It was a Friday. It was, it was the very first day that the rule. Had yeah. So it must've been that Friday. Cause it came into effect Thursday, I believe last Thursday. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. So yeah. you put out this tweet and it's a picture of you on stage and you're like, Hey, 
I'm available to play shows at your venue. I'm a musician. Here I am. Come find me. And almost overnight, this tweet gained so much traction. I like to pride myself in being one of the first people to retweet it because I follow a lot of Marshall stuff. And um, But it was on ESPN. It was everywhere. And the response was amazing. What was it like seeing this now second tweet go viral with your music stuff? You know, it really is. It's crazy on this something i never expected to happen really like mm-hmm. i thought it would be on more of a more of a local basis like maybe i could get a gig or two out of it but you know <laughs> i think it i think it's awesome it is pretty crazy and it's not the first time that this has happened uh, back in 2018 you put up a video of you and your teammates singing luke combs when it rains it pours just a super casual video of you guys on the poor on somebody's porch steps you know, playing guitar and singing, and then that was retweeted. And I heard that Luke Combs himself uh, quote tweeted it. So was this was that crazy to see that happen back then? It was, you know. Uh, yeah, I remember that like it was yesterday. It was, you know, <laughs> me and all the boys on the porch. But you know, we all got you know so hot when we saw that you know, Luke Combs quote yeah. tweeted our our tweet. Like it was it was awesome. Yeah, it, it pumps you up. It's, it was pretty incredible. And uh, this has been a journey for you from there. Then you get on stage at the Gasparilla Bowl talent show, which I, I didn't even know was a thing. Did you know going into this bowl game that there was like a talent show portion that you could participate in? Well, you know, it was so weird because the year before that, we also went to the Gasparilla Bowl and mm-hmm. it was totally different. Okay. So, yeah, I had, I had no idea that it was going to happen until, like, two days before. And one of our coaches gave me a heads up, and he was like, look, there's going to be a talent show. Uh, we're picking three people from each team, and I picked you to go play and sing. And I was like, oh, <laughs> sweet. And luckily yeah, you had your guitar with you. Yeah, I, I had one at the house, and I had to, like, check it and throw it on the plane and, and travel with it and everything. And I sort of just got thrown into the mix like that. <laughs> But you killed it, and you won an award for best performance, didn't you, at that? I did, yes, ma'am. And you credited the mullet, but, I mean, it's got to be at least 50-50, your talent, and half the mullet. You know, (laughs) I think the mullet just gave me a little little extra confidence, maybe. (laughs) And the mullet mullet tradition started the prior year with the bowl game. I've been curious, because I've been, like, combing through social and seeing you know, reading articles about it, but how did the mullet come about in like, how did you choose that going into the bowl game? Uh, you know, it was just one of those happy go lucky things. <laughs> I, I'd sort of grown my hair out as the season went on uh-huh. and you know, the bowl game was coming up and I was going to just cut it all off. And my barber was like, what if we gave you a mullet? And I was like, you know what? That's perfect. <laughs> uh, it just fits. <laughs> it's kiss I just told him to go. I told him to go crazy. He carved like an M in one side and my number in the other. And it was, it, I saw. It was yeah, I saw that. That's it's it's definitely bold, and and we love to see it. We love, we love to see that. When you see other linemen from other teams with similar hairstyles, are you like, oh, hey, kindred spirit, or or do you get like, or do you get upset that they're biting the style? Uh, you know, I support it. I okay. love it. I'm, I'm never going to be a hater. <laughs> yeah, you don't seem like you could have any hate at all. So, all right. So you have this tweet go out and you've been playing music this whole time, but you were playing under a different name, obviously, and you weren't, you know, benefiting from it. You were just doing it for the love of the music, no money or anything. Um, how did you come up with Lucky Bill? 
I, you know, I'm not really sure how it even came about. Uh-huh. You know, I think a bunch of my, you know, me and a bunch of my friends were just hanging out like on a Friday, Saturday night, and we were just sort of brainstorming. And, uh, you know, somebody threw out like Lucky Will, and I'm like, no, nah, that's too close. Yeah. And somebody else was like, well, I mean, your name is William, and Bill is kind of short for William. I was like, you know what? That's perfect. There we go. And then Lucky Bill was born. And how many shows did you play or things did you play under that alias? You know, the timeline was sort of sort of weird. I think yeah. I only played like three or four little venues as Lucky Bill because, you know, COVID hit and yeah. the world shut, shut down. down. Okay. Well, now that, now that you've put this out there, I mean, I know that you played at Sharky's. Um, I heard that you opened up for Sunday Best last weekend. And I think that was your first gig since, you know, you posted about this opportunity with NIL. So how did that go? I, you know, it actually, it sort of fell through a little bit. Oh, no. <laughs> no, it was, it was sort of ragtag. Like okay. last minute was going to happen. And, uh, yeah, it wound up, I got, I got like introduced and got to say a couple words okay. and, you know, spread the good word, but. But I didn't actually get the player saying anything. I wasn't. I wasn't prepared. I didn't have my setup. But <laughs> I, had my, I had my first show uh, this Sunday actually here in Huntington at, at the market, right? At the market, yep. yes, ma'am. Awesome, a very very cool venue. So, are you more prepared than for this week? Like, you have a set list going on and like all your setup ready? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Uh, yeah, I've been practicing. How many songs are you gonna sing? Uh, you know, that's that's sort of sort of variable. I guess it depends on how much I talk. I have an hour time slot. Okay. I'm gonna fit as much in as I can. Yeah. Are you gonna play covers or originals? I know you've been you write your own music and you have a few of your own songs. So what is like is there a a game plan, so to speak, where you start off with like songs people know and then you slip in your stuff or how are you gonna go about that? There is. Okay. You know, uh, you know, you know, leading off, you gotta, you gotta start off strong. You gotta play something that's gonna grab people's attention. So, mm-hmm. you know, I sort of got a plan for that, and then I've got three or four originals that I'm gonna play, and I'll just slip them in and <laughs> you know, introduce them and see if people like them. Yeah, well, they sound great on social media. I- I'm guessing you're gonna definitely play Country Roads, right? Yeah, I feel like I have to at this point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Given where you are and how you sang it at the the bowl game, I feel like it's kind of going to always be in your set. <laughs> I think it'll always be in my repertoire for yeah. sure. Have you ever thought about having teammates up on stage with you playing other instruments, singing along, or is this something that you're going to pursue solo? You know, I have thought about having teammates okay. uh, pursue. You know, it, we've got a tight end. His name's Devin Miller, and he's actually super talented vocally and. Okay. He, like, produces hip-hop and R&B-style music. Wow. And so you guys so, you could know, do, like, a crossover, like a Wayland yeah. thing. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily, like, 100% line up with, with what I have mm-hmm. going on, but we're, we're, all, we're awesome friends, and, you know, I'd love to incorporate it if possible. That would be cool. I could see that. Because you're not – I mean, I know country music is, you know, near and dear to your to your soul, but, like – I've seen you posted some things about hip hop and stuff, and so you're obviously very eclectic when it comes to music. Oh, absolutely! Like, there's not a genre that I don't absolutely love. I bet we could find one. Maybe. Like, I'm you sure you don't. Have to look hard. I'm sure you don't listen to K-pop. You know, there are, there are some K-pop that. Okay. <laughs> okay. There we go. So you okay? That was my test, and you definitely. <laughs> You're in it. Um, 
All right. No, well, I'm serious. I don't. I don't discriminate you know, at all. <laughs> but there's everyone always has that one category that they can't stand. Like for me, I can't stand '80s music at all. I can't listen to really? it. Really? Yeah. It's just I don't. I don't know. But it's maybe somebody hurt me as a child and played it like too much, and <laughs> I just can't. When I hear it, it like it really just I can't do it. So you don't have any any music like that. You know, I mean, maybe like smooth jazz or okay. something. That I, and I, it's not even that I don't like it. It's maybe I just haven't listened to it. To enough, yeah. Right. Now, the biggest question when it comes to music and football is how do you guys decide who gets the ox? I guess it always depends on whose house it's at. Okay. You know, we're, we're having a function, but, you know, they're... But what about in the locker room or like like when it comes to practices and games? Because I know that there's always a struggle between, you know, the different position groups because y'all listen to kind of different musics. And so I'm always curious how is it just who gets there first and then throws it on? You know, that's a big part of it. There's also like a there's a pecking order for sure. Okay. There, there's a little seniority deal that goes into it. Uh, it'll most likely be somebody, you know, that's in my class that's been here for six years. Right. That, but, you know, we also just have a lot of headphone guys, a lot of guys that just, you know, vibe and do their own thing. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I'm always curious what people have in their headphones. I know I used to talk to Devontae Beckett after games, and he would always talk about Youngboy. And I could not imagine listening. I love Youngboy. Like, don't get me wrong, great music. But I could not imagine listening to that before a game to pump me up because it just seems so mellow. Yeah, no, I couldn't do that. Yeah. <laughs> What's your go-to game day song? Uh, you know, you're going to call me crazy. And, you know, it's crazy for a music <laughs> guy, but I don't really listen to music that much on game day. Okay. You like the quiet and the and the crowd noise, huh? You know, I don't I don't know. I, I'm sort of goofy. I like to just sort of be me and, okay. you know, cut up and laugh and whatever and then go you know, play my game. Well, I noticed that you guys last year, last season when I came out, I noticed the offensive linemen were, in particular, kind of goofing around, having fun before the game. Um, I think it was Josh Ball and Dalton Tucker were actually practicing punting with each other and throwing and kind of just like being loose and having fun. And I thought that was really interesting and kind of maybe a little secret to the success that you guys have seen on the offensive line and being, you know, loose and gelling as a group. Oh, absolutely. I think, I think there's a lot to be said for that. You know, it, it, at the end of the day, football is a game. And it, if you're not having fun, then, then you're not doing it right. And I think we do a good job of, you know, with all that being said, we have a job to do and it is serious business. Yeah. And you, know, you got to lay it all on the line, but if you're not having fun while doing it, you're, you're in the wrong profession. That is very well said. And speaking of it being a job, there, there's been conversation, you know, when it comes to this NIL stuff and taking advantage of these opportunities, there's definitely a differing opinion. You know, some people think, most people think it's great because you get to capitalize on this opportunity and, and, um, and make some money doing, you know, using your image and doing things that you love outside of football. But there's definitely that group that's been like, oh, you know, it's a distraction. I think Nick Saban has come out and said stuff like that, where it's like, you know, if you're not here for the football, then what are you here for? What would you say as someone who, you know, is taking advantage of this, like a lot of guys are, what would you say to that? Like, you don't see it as a distraction, right? No, I don't see it as a distraction. And, you know, I think it just comes down to the to the athlete and it's mm -hmm. more individual responsibility. Like, I've made it clear with my entire coaching staff, like, Music's, music's cool and everything, but it, it's on the back burner for right now. You know, right. football is always, always going to come first while, while I have the opportunity. So, 
you know, I think I think it's more of an individual basis. But you know, the people that think like that, I think it, you know, I think it's important to understand that this can be a, a really really big deal. And you know, mm-hmm. a lot of college athletes have, have struggled in a lot of ways, and this gives us opportunities to to not struggle as much. You've seen not just the music stuff, but I, I noticed like you're posting, you have the beef jerky guys sent you some stuff, some liquid IV. Has it just been this influx of people messaging you or do you reach out to these companies? How does that work for you? Uh, you know, it's sort of been a mixture of both. Okay. Uh, liquid IV and Minky Beef Jerky both reached out to me and, and hooked me up with a care package. But, uh, nice. you know, I've also been trying to, trying to market myself and market, you know, some of my teammates and that kind of thing. And you said that it's important to be, in an interview, you said that it's important to be, you know, choosy about the, and pay attention to your brand and not just say yes to all these different things because you guys are going to be flooded with all this opportunity. But if you're trying to build a brand and, you know, showcase who you are as a person, you definitely have to make choices when it comes to what you're representing. And so has that been part of your process navigating this NIL stuff? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I've definitely tried to definitely try to do my homework mm-hmm. as far as what brands I've I've endorsed and whatever. You know, the only ones that I've really done any business with are Ninky Beef Jerky and Liquid IV. Yeah, and, you know, I did my homework on them. They seem great. I know. Yeah. Who doesn't beef love jerky. beef jerky? I mean, yeah. And, you know, <laughs> I'm from Kentucky. They're they're Kentucky based yeah. company. What's not to love? That's true. And and as you're going through it, like the music stuff specifically, do you have to get, I know that some people are getting agents to deal with these kind of th- contracts and stuff. Is that something you're looking into or are you just kind of doing it on your own? You know, I've, I've sort of been trying to navigate it on my own. Okay. And, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know how much an agent would actually give somebody an advantage in this age because right. it's, it's, it's new to everybody. It's not like somebody can reach out and say, oh, I have all kinds of experience with NIL because you, know, <laughs> you don't NIL and, and college sports has been a thing for barely two weeks. Yeah, exactly. And, and when they came into effect and you're doing these things, did you have to, one of the biggest questions people are like, how does it go through compliance? Cause you know, college athletics has this huge compliance department where they make sure you guys are, you know, eligible and, and everything's above board. Do you have to like take your deals individually to them? Like how does that work with the reporting side of it? Uh, you know, I've had several businesses that I've, that I've reached out to or mm-hmm. that have reached out to me and, you know, we have potential whatever going on. Mm-hmm. And the first thing they say is, we, you know, we, we want to do it right. We don't want to you know, break any compliance right. rules or cross any boundaries or anything. So you know, I've, I've tried to do a really good job of referring them to my compliance, my compliance guy mm-hmm. and you know, having his number and email on standby just ready to to shoot out because you know he he's also been great with us he opened up and he said you know our job is not to police what you do and it is not to you know stop you from making money our job is just to make sure that you know it's safe and it's good for your brand and it's a good representation of of who you are so you know i think there's a lot to be said for that and uh i think I think we're doing it the right way. Yeah, it sounds like it. Is Garrett your compliance guy? No, it is uh, Brady Mangus. Oh, Bra- okay, Brady, yeah. I've, I've met a couple of those guys in there, and they're so good at what they do. It's been f- everything with Marshall. I travel across the country covering college football, and I've been at so many programs. But Marshall, I keep coming back because the environment and the people are just so incredible. It's, it's really special. I know that's so cliche to say about Marshall, but it really is special. 
Oh, absolutely. This place is unlike anywhere else. It really is. And you have a new head coach. Um, you know, Charles Huff, he's he's a big name. People knew who he was. It was a little bit of a surprise hire, but exciting because there's new stuff going on. And he's been very outspoken about, you know, what he calls bridging the gap, closing the gap, um, and getting you guys to that Conference USA Championship. How has that transition been with the new coaching staff? But but you still have, you know, Tim Cramsey, the OC on board. But how has that been with the new regime? Well, you know, uh, Coach Huff has been, has been great mm-hmm. from the start. He's been, you know, nothing but honest and upfront and, you know, everything with us. And he, he he's really made a point to make the transition a lot easier, you know, Especially for me, being being an offensive player, yeah. keeping Coach Cramsey and you know keeping a lot of our base offense, you know, close to what it was, has made for a lot easier transition. But, but you know, we've got a great new coaching staff, mm-hmm. and you know, it's new for us, but it's new to them also. Right. We've all been working together, and you know, I really think we've got something good working. You guys do. You return pretty much the entire you know offensive line and that's a it's a crazy rare thing in college football to have you know all of these senior guys veteran guys back in one place moving as a unit how much do you think that's going to be beneficial as you know we see wells go into his second year here yeah i think it's huge yeah you know we've got guys like alex millet mm-hmm. alex salguero and you know just Kane madden <laughs> and yeah and uh yeah this is our our sixth year that, that we'll be playing together yeah. and there's just a kind of chemistry that you create on and off the field o- over six years you know we're like one big family so that's not something you could really coach or draw up on a board it, it just happens that's 100 percent true and that's i other teams should be scared honestly and you bring up Alex Millet. I've been dying to ask this question. So going through Twitter stuff, I saw a conversation between you guys about Miller Lite versus Coors Light. And it was, you know, you both are standing your ground. He's very much a Miller Lite guy. You were a Coors Light guy. How how do you find common ground when you guys like such different light beer? Uh, you know, we give each other hell, but... It- <laughs> Uh, it's all in good fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Neither of us are, are are out on a good compromise. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> as long as it's a good time, it doesn't matter, right? Absolutely. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Um, now, as we look ahead to the season, you know, you guys have a very tough schedule, and you start out at Navy, which is pretty exciting, given you know it's a very historic program, much like yourself. Is are you excited for that game, or is there any game on the schedule that you're particularly looking forward to? I know it's cliche question; everyone says we're always looking ahead to the next game. Um, but is there a team that you're looking forward to meeting on on the field this year? You know, I gotta say at this point, Navy is yeah. is my biggest focus. Okay. You know, it's the biggest game of the season because it's the next one. <laughs> exactly. And uh, you know. I haven't really looked too far past that, but I've heard great things about App State. Yeah. Know, we played them last year. This is a you know, it's a home and home series mm-hmm. and you know, they had a, a tough team last year and we you know we got an opportunity to, to go to their place this year. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that should be a great game. And then as far as our in conference schedule, I'm really excited for our, our seventy five game. That always means a lot to us, as you were talking about earlier. Yeah. 
That's, it's honestly, I've never experienced anything like it. It's, it's such an incredible game. There's always something unique that happens um, in the years that I've been there. And, and I love, last year I got to tag along and, you know, I got to see what you guys do throughout that weekend, you know, from learning about the players who wore your number to, you know, going to the graveyard for the, the speech the night before the game. Do you have a favorite part of that week or weekend, or is it just everything that's all together is makes it so special? I got to say my favorite part of that, of that weekend is the fountain ceremony. That's always been, yeah, that's, that's a tearjerker, honestly. It, uh, (laughs) It is. Yeah, it it that, is. That's probably it. That or when we, when we lock arms and, and take and walk the field. walk out, yeah. That, that's always a special moment, too. I enjoy that. It's exciting because it'll be Coach Huff's first time doing that. And and I wonder, you know, if – because it's, it's something I feel like you can't prepare for, you know. It's just you have to experience it. So I'm curious if you guys are going to give him, you know, any preparation for that or just, like, let it, you know, let it ride. Yeah, um, you know uh, – we haven't really heard much about how we're going to handle it this year. Yeah. Coach Huff's a, a class act. And yeah. I'm sure it'll be great, whatever we do. It is going to be awesome. Well, wish you the best of luck this season. Cannot wait to see some more shows um, and and see how, you know, you take advantage of this of this new policy. And, and, and I appreciate you coming on and talking about it. And I can't wait to see the music career just launch into the stratosphere. It's going to be fun. Oh, that, that'll be sweet. <laughs> You're going to have a whole setup. You know, we're going to be sitting down a year or two from now, and you've got, like, a whole band, backup band and a light show, and it's going to be crazy. It's like, you know, everything is ahead of you. It's awesome. I mean, how cool would that be? <laughs> it would be pretty neat. <laughs> so everybody needs to check it out and make sure you check out Will Omar on social media and check out his videos, and good luck this Sunday in your show. Well, thank you so much, and thank you for having me on. Of course, anytime. All right, guys, stay tuned. More NIL policy talk coming up next. We're going to chat with more athletes, so stay tuned. to play one of the clips for this so welcome back to the sideline sass podcast y'all i just had one football singing country singer on and now i got another one gavin adcock from georgia southern is joining me on the podcast right now and that is his beautiful voice you hear in the backdrop singing about football and life and loving the game gavin welcome to the sideline sass podcast hey how are you doing i am doing so much better now that we are able to finally connect and chat. Just got back from crazy media day blitz all over the country. So I'm happy to be sitting here talking to you. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Yeah? How's how's the farm hanging on? Uh, it's doing good. Just, uh, <laughs> it's just like sewing buttons on a shirt. It's the same thing every day. <laughs> I love that. That was one of my favorite parts of our interaction as we're trying to set this up is, you know, we're talking and and I'm asking you what's a good time and you're like, oh, well, I'll just be out on the farm. And I had so many questions even from just that comment, you know, what kind of farm? And then you filled me in. It was cattle. Has your family always had that farm? Have you always worked on it? Uh, We moved here. Mm -hmm. We we just moved about 15 minutes away. We moved here when I was like four, probably like 2002. Okay. Uh, We've been here ever since. 
Wow. And and before I get into the music stuff, I have to ask this question because I've had a young man, um, Tyler Biadish. He is now the starting center for the Cowboys. He came on my podcast back when he was in Wisconsin. And we were talking about the draft, and he was he also has a family farm out in Wisconsin, and he was talking about during quarantine how he would be working out on the farm and he would find ways to incorporate like football activities and workouts with his farm equipment. So whether it was tractor tire, you know, throwing or hay bale lifting, whatever it was, he would find these ways to do workouts. Is that something that that you did that and that was part par for the course, you know, for you? I definitely rolled some hay bales around our farm driveway when I was a little kid, like football, hundred percent. Yeah, and would you would you say that's a pretty like good strength training for football? Oh, it's it's very good strength training. <laughs> I, love, way, yeah. I love that. That's it's you can't you can't buy that kind of workout. Doesn't matter how many gyms you go to, you know. Oh yeah, that's awesome. Well, all right, let's get into this um, nil stuff. It's been crazy and I'm very curious so Gavin has he is aspiring country music singer he he's you've released one song we love football that's the song I was just playing and you wrote that back in high school if I'm correct wrote it back senior year and uh I played it at a high school pet rally with uh, my guitar player Sebastian we put it together uh probably in about a week's time okay and a couple weeks later, we played it at the pep rally for senior night. And I'm sure people went crazy. Oh, yeah. They enjoyed <laughs> it for sure. Those people still talking to me about when I played it. That's awesome. And they do say to write what you know, so your first foray into songwriting had to, of course, do with football. Oh, yeah. It's just been doing it my whole life. <laughs> I, like, if anybody's going to write a song about it, why not me? I've been playing for 18 years. There you go. And there you go. So that song, you know, you got together and then you have a little music video for it so people can go on YouTube and find that We Love Football song. Um, And then now you're on the verge of having your next single, Ain't No Cure, which is going to be out August 12th. And you've partnered again with your guitar player, Sebastian. So what... And I've seen some of the video. Um, It is on your Instagram. We actually have a little... Would you say that this song, obviously the video quality is different and, and the audio is a little different. You've put more, you know, direction into this next single. What was that like, um, the, the transition from that first song to this one? Well, my, my first song I let out, We Love Football, it was only on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. it, had, it had good sound quality. But I was like, you know what? If I'm going to do this, I might as well put the time in and uh, get it recorded professionally. Yeah. And put on iTunes, Spotify, a couple other things. Yeah. Uh, I figured I might as well have it all out there if I was going to do it. So I said this next song is going to be out everywhere. Nice. I, what is the next song, of Ain't No Cure, what is that about? Because obviously the first one is very, you know, Straightforward about football. What's this one about? It's a love song. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> You're not a country singer if you haven't if you haven't had a little love song in there. Is it inspired by any one relationship or is it just all encompassing for anybody who's had heartache? Uh, it's not a heartache song. It's a 
it's like a happy love song. Oh, it's a happy love song. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's just for anybody. Okay. Really. Um, I was driving. I live off, I live off of 441. It's a highway cuts in Georgia. Mm-hmm. And I was, I got a Ford. <laughs> and I was like, you know, there's not a lot of songs that say Ford in it. Okay. And I was like, what rhymes with Ford? This was back in 2018. Okay. And I was just like, Lord, and I was like, oh my, my, oh my Lord, how'd I get you in this Ford? Okay. Cruising down 441, and I was like, dang. So I come up with the first verse and the first chorus in 2018. Wow. And I got, well, my buddy come over a couple months ago, and we were playing in my basement, I was like, listen to this. So I sang it to him, and he started playing the tune for it right then. Wow. And we practiced that a little bit, and he was like, wake up in the morning, you gotta write this song. And as soon as I got up the next morning, I got some coffee. I went out on my back porch with some paper and a clipboard and some pens. And I finished the song in about 20 minutes. Wow. After waiting waiting about three years to finish it. That's amazing. So you and and your buddy, you have this... Was this the same... Was this Sebastian, the the guitar player? Uh, No, it wasn't. It was another buddy that come over. Okay. And uh, we just... We were just messing around, really. But I showed it to him. He put it behind it. it went from there, but Sebastian played for uh, for me in the studio mm-hmm. for the song. Yeah, that's awesome, and and it's gonna be out, you know, in, in a couple in two weeks or so here, and it's gonna be out everywhere, right? Oh yeah, that's so everywhere. It's gonna be a video on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, Spotify, <laughs> pretty much anywhere you can listen to music, basically. Yep. <laughs> Get it played on the radio here pretty soon. That's going to be crazy. You'll never forget that first time, I can imagine. Um, so how has it been? The biggest question that everybody wants to know is, how has it been navigating this, you know, with the new policy going into effect and now you can do all these things with your image and your name and everything? Is it a strange world? Are you finding it hard to navigate? Or has the school helped at all? Do you have an agent? Like, what has this all process been like? Uh, well, first, I was just going to let out some music. I was like, <laughs> my Sebastian was coming down. I was like, let's do We Love Football, and let's make a video and let it out, like a good video. Mm-hmm. And uh, it just was just kind of my love that when July 1st rolled around, everything was off the table. Right. And uh, I've got some hats made, and I've got some shirts made to sell. I'm getting a website coming up here in the next <laughs> couple of weeks. Um, now I've just been working on that lately. I mean, yeah, I've been spending more money than I've been making so far. <laughs> you have and, to uh, spend money to make money. That's the deal. It's kind, of, it's kind of a give and take kind of deal. Yeah. Do you have someone that's helping you navigate through like what you need to do to monetize your music or are you just kind of st- like going through it on your own? Oh, we're just kind of like winging it every day. Okay. <laughs> we just, I don't, I don't really like to have boundaries. So we just kind of, yeah. But, uh, I do have a dude that's helping me out with like the manager side. He's a buddy of mine. That's good. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if you want me to say his name, but I'll just. <laughs> no worries. It's good to have somebody that's at least kind of helping you navigate it because when I requested, you know, at the school to talk to you, they they were just like, you know, you got to reach out to him on your own because this kind of stuff is now, 
it's separate from the school. So I, I was shocked, you know, when I reach out to your SID and they're like, hey, just, you don't have to go through us. You just message him directly. So I, I bet that's been kind of weird to kind of field your own press in that way. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, been, it's been kind of nice. I re- I'm really glad that the school's really not, like, mm-hmm. involved. I'm glad they're not just handing us money. Yeah. Like, here's what you get. I'm like, uh, I wouldn't be a big fan of that. I'd really just do it on my own create your own opportunity for sure absolutely for sure well you managed to do that also becoming a barstool athlete i'm very curious about i've seen so many people well not so many but people putting on you know in their twitter bio they're a barstool athlete what does that actually mean and how did you go about becoming a barstool athlete oh everybody just (laughs) saw that barstool had made a barstool athletics account Mm -hmm. all the athletes that submitted in just the request form, all you had to do is send them a picture of you in your in your jersey or uh, playing, and they would post you. And I mean, I just felt like that was a good opportunity to uh, be seen. And all it was is they're going to send they're sending us a t shirt mm-hmm. and probably a wristband, and that's about it. Imagine <laughs> you're a Barcelona athlete, you're just like. <laughs> It's just, it's just interesting in that way, but that's about it, really. Interesting. So it's just kind of you're part of this network. Do they say, like, they're going to call on you to do things? Like, is there any partnership in the future to kind of work with them? And do they know about your music? Um, I don't know if they know about my music yet. Okay. Uh, they just, they really don't know either. They really just, <laughs> I was really... The agreement was really just a signature that they could post you and they were going to send you a t-shirt. Okay, so it's pretty pretty minimal right now, but there's probably opportunity for growth. I mean, everyone's just trying to figure this out, you know, on their own at this point. Oh, yeah. It is, it's the wild, wild west here as we move through this, this name, image, and likeness. And I've seen other members of your team have been making some deals um, and doing some endorsement stuff. Is there anyone... Any of your your buddies that have you know had something work out for them that was interesting? Oh yeah, I've had some people get some um, some like apparel deals. Okay. And, like they probably get some uh, some free stuff, and then they just promote it on their page. They they probably have to promote it a couple times a month, a few times a month, depending on what they agreed on. And uh, then they just they'll be like typing my code when they post it. <laughs> Type in my code for 20% off. That's how they... It's so crazy. Their free gear, money, I don't know. I don't, I'm not in their business. So I don't know what they're getting, you know? Yeah, but you're seeing guys get opportunities, right? Like, people are... Yeah, yeah that's pretty cool. It's awesome. Um, and then what do you hope, you know, as you move through this, this music and navigate this and release the single? Like, you know, you talk about life after football because you've got one more year at you know Georgia Southern and you guys have big goals and big dreams this year and we're going to talk about you know that football side of it after we're done with this music but life after football you like to see this music stuff pan out and be you know a thing what is your goal what is your dream for this industry uh, I, would def- I would definitely love to turn this into career it okay. was just uh, all the way to performing and traveling across the country every day to mm-hmm. it just I was just writing songs and yeah. uh, do the thing, really, and just sell it to people. I mean, I just, I'm, I'm open to a lot of things, just depending on what's coming my way. 
Do you like the the live performance? Have you done much live performing? I've, I've done a couple things. I went to uh, had an open mic night at a, at a bar in Athens okay. two nights ago. Was it Wednesday? Yeah, it was. And uh, me and my band, we went over there and played for about thirty minutes, forty minutes. So. Wow. So how'd that go? Oh, it went really well. Okay. It was a good good time. So you don't get like you don't get nervous or you know any stage fright or anything. You just get up there and and dial in. Uh yeah, not really. It really just uh, amps me up, makes me perform like better once I get up there. Okay. Like the adrenaline's kicking in, and you just I love the edge it puts on you. It's like you're right. either gonna belt out the right lines or you're gonna be looking dumb up here. <laughs> so it's kind of a do or die moment. And that's just kind of. I love that feeling, though. Do you think that football has, you know, prepared you for embracing that spotlight? Oh, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. It's a lot of tough situations, time in and time out, that now I just shake off the hard time. That's awesome. The, the intersection of music and sports is a very interesting place because they, you know, you have a lot of musicians and rappers and singers that want to be you know, athletes, and then you've got the vice versa with athletes that want to also cross over into music. So it's a very interesting, you know, intersection and and something that I kind of particularly pay attention to, especially when, like, for example, at your games, do you guys happen to have a stadium DJ? Uh, we have a couple different guys that come in. Okay. Uh, they, they alternate out every few games. And that makes a difference for you guys as players, right? Having that music played for you to get you fired up? Oh, yeah. I don't really like just sitting there in silence. I want to not really be able to hear anything. Turn it up all the way if it was up to me. <laughs> and then is there a big... My last music question, is there is there a battle for... The, I want to hear about the battle for the aux cord in, in the locker room or at practice. Who usually wins that battle? Or do you guys share the aux equally amongst the team? Uh, there'll be a lot of times there'll be some people playing music and other people aren't messing with it. They go there and cut it off. <laughs> or like, they know somebody's going to come in there and get it the next day, so they'll just unplug the box and hide it. <laughs> no way. Across the whole team, they'll be like, yeah. They'll be like, if this person's playing music, I'm not going to, I'm not listening to it. Because it's a very big divide between the positions. Generally, you see... And, of course, there's, you know, people can like whatever they like, but you see, like, linemen um, with a lot of country music, and then, you know, you see kind of skill positions or, or DBs in secondary with a little more hip-hop and rap. Would you say that's pretty accurate? Uh, pretty accurate, but, I mean, I'm, I feel like I'm getting some of the guys on the team tapped into some country lately. Okay. See? I'll plug it up and start playing. If they have something to say about it, they got to go through me. <laughs> That's actually a pretty interesting thing to have some pregame live concerts. You know, I, I, I kind of dig that idea. That might be that might be a new tradition you could install in locker rooms. Oh, yeah, especially if I got something that got everybody going. Like, yeah. I saw Ain't No Cure in the locker room. Unless you just got in, like, a mental health problem if you're about to go play a football game and you listen to that. Yeah, that sounds – I like oh. it. Has your yeah, has your coaches have your coaches heard any of your music? Oh yeah, I showed it to some of them. What they think? <laughs> they they seem pretty decently impressed. Okay. We're pretty proud. That's awesome. You've got this built-in support system for your 
you know, for your music, which is kind of great. This whole team of guys that'll, that'll download and back you up and, and help you. That's, I think that's so great. Oh yeah. I figured, I mean, I might as well let it out. Uh, figured I had the best sport I could get. That is smart. All right. Well, let's switch gears just a little and talk some football. Um, I, one of the biggest questions I wanted to ask you, you know, coming from Georgia Southern, uh, I want to I want to talk about what it means to have this um, moniker that you guys have G A T A. I don't really know. Do you say it Gata or Gata? How does that? It's Gata. It's Gata. Okay. <laughs> See, I, I didn't want to say it wrong and sound like sound like an some idiot. Of old, some of the old players will come and tell us that it was Gata. Gata. But it's turned into Gata. Gata. I said. I think it depends on what part of the country you're from, how you're gonna, how your pronunciation might go. But it stands for "Go after their asses," right? Yeah, get after their ass. Get after their ass, and that was instituted, you know, from a former coach. But it's managed to stick around and be like a mantra for you. Does that kind of that little saying and, and culture that you have on, in the program fire you guys up? Oh yeah, man. That's how I live my life. I get after that ass all the time. Whatever I'm doing, it doesn't matter. I love that. And that's something like not a lot of, you know, college. I have a lot of listeners on my podcast that are, you know, more bigger conference people, Pac-12, you know, Big Ten, whatever. So it's always interesting to hear about these, you know, specialty things at smaller schools. And the Sunbelt Conference this last year, particularly, the Sunbelt was kind of like, something that a lot of people paid attention to because during COVID, you know, uh, Pac-12 shut down prim- a lot and a lot of teams didn't play. So there were some belt games on that people were watching and, you know, Coastal Carolina, App State, all of these teams, Louisiana, the Raging Cajuns, they had like these center stage games. And so people were able to dial in and you guys kind of got this nickname as the Fun Belt. What was that like to see your conference get all of this attention and, and rightfully deserved? Because there's good football there. Oh, yes. It's, it's great football in Sun Belt. It's overlooked some of the time. Uh, we're just a bunch of hard-nosed football players. Mm-hmm. We just uh, wasn't going to let COVID slow us down with the phone belt. <laughs> we love that. Was there any game last year, um, in particular, a team – because I'm looking, you know, at the schedule, and you have all these great teams that are probably super fun to just go head to head with. Is there any one team that you look forward to on the schedule that you just want to smash, you know, um, helmets with? Oh yeah, we want to we want to beat App State year in and year out. Really? Okay. Is that because yeah. they're at the top? Or it's been a rival ever since they were back uh, before they moved to the SCS. I mean, they were in the SCS and they moved up. Okay. And uh, they were both Division One AA, and they were competing for national championships against each other. Yeah. A lot of the early 2000s. Okay. And the, 90s, uh, the 90s, too. Okay. So App State is – I've heard – so I'm going to go this year. They're playing Marshall. They had a home-and-home. Home. I was at the Marshall game last year, actually, when Marshall beat them, which was awesome. Um, but this year it's at App State, and apparently their stadium – is one of like is a very very beautiful place to play. Have you have you been there then? Oh uh, yeah, we went uh, two years ago. We played at our place last year. We're going back this year. It was late November, so mm-hmm. when we played then. It was snowing. Oh, it's snowing. <laughs> oh yeah, on top of the mountain. It's a hall of that mountain. It's yeah. 
falling out tower drive from Statesboro. <laughs> it's out there for sure, but it's supposed to be really beautiful. Oh yeah, it is very beautiful. I love the mountains. Okay, that's awesome. At a mountain house, love going there. Uh, just as good as you let them be, honestly. <laughs> okay, I mean he. I, I really don't think that mm -hmm. ever beat us. I think if they beat us, we beat ourselves. Okay. Well, it was a close game when you guys played them, so you know it. Was. it uh, you definitely were able to to make them to make them work for it. Um, but this year, you guys, you know, you return a decent amount of players. You're excited heading into it. You have a very favorable schedule. It looks like as you move through it. How do you feel about the team this year? I feel like we're as tired as we've ever been. We're uh, projected pretty low in the Sun Belt. Yes. Life, honestly, so we we embrace that. I okay. feel like I'd rather, be, I'd rather be treated like that every year than go in there being at the top and underperform. Yeah. I would much rather be at the bottom. But be, nobody's at the bottom during preseason records. <laughs> You're kind of, yeah, yes. I think it's interesting that they are projecting you guys that low because defensively at least – you guys are extremely strong and you return all these people, you know, from the line and the linebacker core itself. So I would think that would give you more clout in coming against some of these, you know, tough offenses, like they say, with Coastal Carolina, Louisiana, App State. Uh, we just go to it uh, with a mentality that we're just not going to let people score points. Mm -hmm. Past few years, we've uh, ranked up in the top of the nation. A lot of categories. Yeah, you guys have. It's been it's been extremely fun to watch. And if if you don't know about Georgia Southern, definitely um, pay attention. Look up their schedule. I'm gonna try and, and make it out to a game. I have a guy friend that big group of five guy, and he says that Georgia Southern is one of the his favorite home environments to go to. Um, I think you guys have the cannon, right? Oh yeah, we well, got a cannon that they fire off in there. Fans are always rowdy. Have a good time. We pack the place out every week. Yeah, so the, the sergeant who fires off the cannon has invited me to come out and set it off. So that is my <laughs> that's my plan. We'll be glad to see you out there. Absolutely. Now, um, make sure you guys follow Gavin on all of his social media from Instagram to Twitter um, and then his YouTube. Check it out because that is where the music will be. And make sure you keep an eye out for Ain't No Cure coming August 12th. We cannot wait. Thank you so much, Gavin, for coming on and chatting. And we I can't wait to see, you know, not only how your football career, you know, goes this season, but how this music pans out. Thank you for having me. Um, it's going to be great. Just tune in. Have a good time. Everybody have a good time. So, all right. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of the Sideline Sass podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Make sure you check back in a few weeks for the next episode. And in the meantime, just stay sassy.